and welcome to Best Laid Plans. This is the podcast where we talk all things planning and planning adjacent, and I am your host, Sarah Hart Unger. This is our very first guest episode of 2023, and you guys know those are quite special on the Best Laid Plans podcast. I tend to have guests just once a month, so I can really limit those interviews to people I am super, super excited to talk to and who I think will add value and some really different perspective to those who listen. Today, I have Ryder Carroll on with me. Ryder is a very important figure in the planning and journaling world. He is the creator of the bullet journal method. He's the one that, you know, came up with this method on his own and shared it with the world, publishing a book called The Bullet Journal Method and always being kind and generous and sharing of what he does on social media and on other platforms. So when I found out that he might be available to come on, I was so excited and I hope this interview helps you understand a little bit of what he does. Now, I am personally, I don't think I'm a bullet journaler. Now in our conversation, we talk a little bit about how planning and bullet journaling might differ and where the lines are blurred between the two. And I did really appreciate that he doesn't feel the need to be dogmatic about his craft and he has no problem with some people incorporating certain elements and then not others. So in some ways, I embrace a lot of what he does. I love to kind of see my day laid out on paper and I find that writing out various parts of my day just helps me process them and stay on track stay mindful, stay focused, as you'll learn that that's a big part of what he does. And yet, I don't necessarily feel like I fit into the bullet journaler mode because I just don't use some of the common signifiers. I don't use some of the common tools that he talks about. And yet, at the same time, I found so much value in what he had to talk about and feel inspired to continue to integrate some of the bullet journaling concepts into my own planning styles. So I really hope you enjoy this interview. As a side note, as I mentioned, I don't have guests on all that often, but I am excited to have 11 more fantastic guests this calendar year. And so if you know someone who might make a really exciting guest, whether that is just kind of someone out in the world doing their own thing or someone famous who might be willing to come on the show, please let me know. I am open to suggestions of all people from all walks of life. And as long as they have something really interesting and different to say about anything planning related, I would be super excited to talk to them. So just let me know. All right. With all that, we will get into the interview. Well, I am so excited to welcome Ryder Carroll, creator of the Bullet Journal and the Bullet Journal Method onto Best Laid Plans. This, I feel like, has been a long time coming. Welcome, Ryder. Thanks so much for having me. So I thought this would be a really, really interesting guest to have because I feel like of my listeners, some of you are going to be extremely familiar and wanting to take a deep dive into what Ryder has to say. And some of you may not even know some of the basics about what a bullet journal is. So I think this will be really cool because we'll kind of cover it from both angles. And so why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and give us the story of how you came up with the bullet journal and the bullet journal method and I guess a brief elevator pitch of what is bullet journaling and how it differs from just using a paper planner. Sure. Okay. My name is Ryder Carroll. Until I focused on bullet journal full-time, I was actually a user experience designer. So anything with an interface, I designed it to be somewhat coherent and usable from video games to insurance apps. That's kind of what I did. But I think this story begins much earlier than that. So I was diagnosed with learning disabilities early on. And 
not to age myself, but back then there just weren't a lot of diagnoses, <laughs> either dyslexic or slow or whatever terrible terminology they had back then. Very limited. And uh, eventually I was diagnosed with ADD or ADHD now. And again, very limited resources available to me, no internet, nothing. So I had to start designing my own tools to help me become more focused and productive using the tool that I had, which was pen and paper. And over the years, I tried many things, many things to see what would help me become more focused and productive and be able to actually accomplish things and keep up, if you will. And most things didn't work. But every now and again, something did. And then a little bit later, another thing would. And over the years, I started developing this methodology, which very much later, I called the bullet journal method. And even then, when I released the bullet journal method, it was significantly more focused towards becoming much more productive. But in my own experience, it was great at doing that. It certainly can help you become far more productive because it helps you really eliminate a lot of distractions in the way that you think and the way that you act. But to me, and this comes to the elevator pitch, I see the bullet journal more as a mindfulness practice that's disguised as a productivity system. So it helps us organize the what, but it also helps us stay mindful and clarify the why. So why are we doing what we're doing? And it does this not only through the templates that I've created, but also through the rituals that I teach. So we have daily, weekly, and monthly rituals to actually read what we wrote. <laughs> and that's where the magic really begins. I love this. Are you familiar? Well, I'm sure you're familiar, but how would you say your approach differs from, let's say, David Allen's work? Because that's what first comes to mind when you talk about like specific rituals of reviewing, which I am a huge devotee of, but I don't, I don't think I use, although I'd be interested, I don't think what I do is technically like what makes a bullet journal a bullet journal? That would be my other question. Yeah. Okay. So a couple things to unpack there. I think David Al and I have a lot of overlap. I wasn't actually familiar with his work until like a year or two after I launched Bullet Journal. And that was really exciting as well. He'd come to some similar conclusions. From what I understand, I think that Bullet Journal is a lot more introspective and it's not just kind of solely orbiting around productivity. So for me, I want to say that Bullet Journal is a lot more purpose-driven than process-driven. So what's the difference there? between purpose and process to me. With process, you will look at how much time something will take. With purpose, you're asking why something gets to take your time at all. And when you start from that approach, all of a sudden, you start working on a lot fewer things because it's time that we usually don't take. I was like that as well. I I worked in software. How much can I get cranked out? I was definitely one of those in the startup scene and all these things. And you're spending an incredible amount of time becoming really efficient, working on something that shouldn't exist (laughs) or that you don't care about. So you actually, it's a way to be productively wasting time. And I think that that's something that sets Bullet Journal apart. One of the things is that it's very much more focused around the why. It's a methodology that helps you check in with yourself regular basis and different intervals to help you kind of slow down and think about why it is that you're doing these things. How are you feeling while you're doing these things? And start to identify patterns and behaviors and then use that information to plan accordingly. Very interesting. So my other half of the question there would be, you know, where is that blurry line? Like, so I use a Hobonichi Techo cousin, for example, and I tend to fill out 
some layouts that may look bullet journal-esque, but I'm generally using the structure of the planner and I don't use like some of the specific pages and templates that I'll have you talk about. Mm -hmm. So where, where does like, when you cross over and are able to say that you're following the bullet journal method, or do you feel like it really does have to look a certain way or contain a certain set of templates or behaviors? It's a really interesting question because one of the core principles about bullet journal is that you figure out what tools work for you. Now, the difference would be, and this is opening up a whole can of worms, though, is you have to understand the foundation of the bullet journal method. So there is a very specific array of tools that I give people, both templates, both on the page and off the page. And that awareness kind of shifts the way that you perceive the things that you write. And obviously, there are other methodologies that have different pieces of this. All of this is, you know, a lot of this information is ancient, but in the bullet journal, it's just synthesized in a certain way. So I feel like having an understanding of the basics and the foundation is what transforms your practice into a bullet journal practice. And that is something that is constantly evolving. So when you're a student, you'll have a different Bujo practice than when you're a professional, than when you are a parent, than when you are <laughs> you know, retiring everyone's practice looks different. So you can't point to something and like, that's bullet journal, right? The big part of it is figuring out what it does for you. And that differs all the time. I think knowing what the bullet journal is and having done it for a couple months and then evolving from there gives you a bullet journal foundation. But what it ends up evolving into is really the whole point of it. I give the foundation for you to build your own system. Not knowing the foundation and doing a bunch of stuff, I feel like that may not be a bullet journal. You just notebooking. And that's fine too. There's nothing wrong with that. There's no, it's not mutually exclusive. I love the flexibility there. So yeah. And I love the idea of like starting with, you know, the specific elements and then branching out to figure out what might work for you and whether that means using other products than the classic just dotted journal or not could kind of go either way. So that's really interesting. Have you seen some specific hybrid approaches tend to work better than others. And I actually would be interested both in hybrid approaches with different paper planning products, but also in the digital world. Yeah. I mean, I think that a lot of people who come into Bullet Journal come in from one of two different areas. One is productivity and the other one is planning community. So there's a lot of people come in with certain techniques and tools that they're already using. Now that's great. That's great. And it's like clearly they found this because what they're doing so far still requires some help. You know, people don't try something new when what they're doing is working <laughs> fully. So, in terms of hybrid approach, I think most bullet journalists are using things they found elsewhere. And I mean, if you look at bullet journal, it uses elements that you're already familiar with page numbers, topics, table of contents, so some of those basic things. And then you have the rituals, which are Daily review, weekly review, monthly review, the, those things exist already. It's when you put all those things together that it becomes something else. But I don't think a lot of people start with a blank slate in general. So I think everybody has a hybrid from day one <laughs> in terms of actually only using the notebook. Now, when you start using digital, and this is a question I get all the time, analog or digital. And for me, I'm a hybrid user. For me, I don't care about analog or digital. It's about what is the best tool for the job. That's all that I care about. And when it comes to thinking, I think that putting pen to paper is the most powerful tool. And that's really what I use my bullet journal for mostly is to think. 
you write to learn how to think and journaling helps you get in the habit of writing. Take me through a little bit of that, how that might look practically. Like, so for example, I know we used Calendly to set this up. I also use Calendly. I love digital tools. But like for me, I love to also write out my day on paper because it helps me understand kind of the architecture of the day and prioritize. And I'm interested in like, you know, do you have certain things you said you tend to write and think? So maybe that refers more to like brainstorming. But are there certain things that you always tend to do on paper, like a daily or weekly type of ritual and certain things that are always electronic that you can talk about? Sure, certainly. Um, Let's see. So many ways to approach this question. Maybe it would be most helpful to talk about like a day in the life of bullet journal for me. And this is different. So for me, one challenge that I always had before I bullet journaled full time and really use that as my primary, my principal tool, if you will, is where do I write what down? And that's like the first inefficiency. If you don't know where you're going to write something down, then you have to make that choice over and over and over again. And today, that's making that choice a lot. So having to question that a lot, but then that leads to a much bigger problem, which is trying to figure out where you wrote what down after the fact. And that's a problem that I don't have anymore, for the most part. So the way it works is when there's something that I want to remember, I immediately write it down in my notebook. That's it. That's date, a task, an event, a note, whatever goes right into my notebook. So that's, I just don't have to worry about where to write things down. It always goes in there. And then later I will find a home for it in the tool that it, where it's makes the most sense. So I do all my scheduling electronically. I'll write the date down in my notebook, but then I will put it in the calendar because also my calendar changes constantly. So just being able to move something from one day to another is significantly more efficient than having to rewrite it on some paper calendar. So for me, all my scheduling happens outside of the notebook, but I do write down all my dates in the notebook as I become aware of them. The only real tasks that I won't write into my notebook are tasks for like my team. If something, if there's an action item that has to, that's for somebody else, then I immediately put it into our project management system. So that's another rule that I have. So if it's something that's for somebody else, that goes into a tool that's online. And that's mostly where the choice comes from. Is this for me or is this for my team? And if it's for my team, it goes digital. And if it's for me, it goes into my notebook. Totally makes sense. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And when we were back, I want to ask you more about these processing rituals. Today's episode is sponsored in part by Factor. Factor is sponsoring this episode with an awesome discount code, PLANS50, to give you 50% off your first month and 20% off the next. Trying out our sponsors helps keep the show going, and I think this is a wonderful time to give it a try, given that it's always a busy season. Factor offers no prep and no mess meals that are tailored to your wellness goals. They offer multiple options from protein plus to plant-based to keto and many more. No matter what your health goals are, you can keep kitchen time to a minimum while enjoying healthy and delicious meals with premium ingredients with Factor. You can get started feeling great and fueling well now by giving them a try. Head to factormeals.com slash plans50 and use code plans50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code plans50, P-L-A-N-S 50 at factormeals.com slash plans50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Jenny Kane. I love Jenny Kane and I hope you love shopping there to support the show. When you do, visit JennyKane.com and use code PLANS for 15% off your first order. 
We are now well into spring, and there's no better time to shop for beautiful cotton sweaters that can take us right into the next season. And definitely take a look at their dresses. They have so many pretty ones. I'm obsessed with the day dress. It's so classic and versatile. Plus, everything in their collection is designed so intentionally that you can style pieces together without a second thought. All of their sweaters and tops pair with jeans, work pants, and more, and can be styled to fit practically any occasion. Find your new spring uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code PLANS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com. Promo code PLANS. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we are back. So I'm interested because my my ears perked up when you talked about how you would like write down anything over the course of the day and then you would process it and put it where it belonged. Can you tell me a little bit about your specific processing rituals, whether they be daily, weekly? Like what are your rhythms in terms of either transferring thoughts you've had in one direction or another or just generally looking over the ideas you've had to kind of synthesize them and put them together into something more meaningful? Yeah, certainly. So in Bujo, we have the daily, weekly, and monthly ritual. And they're all kind of extensions of one another. You can think of them as different lenses to see our life with greater resolution, depending on timeline. So the daily ritual consists out of two major checks, if you will. There's the morning review, and that's more just to plan the day. Okay, here's the priority. Here are some other the other focuses. I try to have one priority for the day. That's it, right? But There'll be other focuses when this priority is done. What's next? So that is every day I kind of create a plan for myself. These are the things that matter most today. And then throughout the day, I'll just keep adding to that list. So we have tasks, events, and notes in Bullet Journal. It's kind of where it gets its name from, bulleted lists, tasks, events, and notes. So as the day unfolds, I keep on writing things down. But the morning ritual is there for me to kind of declutter my brain, look through my past days and see, okay, what's still active, what's become a priority, and then just every day I make a choice about what what's really urgent today, what really matters the most. And then at the end of the day, I do the end of that ritual, if you will, which is to, again, declutter my mind, like what's come up since I've left the office, what do I have to think about tomorrow, what's the most urgent thing for tomorrow. And then I get to empty my mind again, which I think is really helpful. And that's the daily ritual. And then once a week, we write about the week gone by. So that's actually longer form journaling to help us process because in bullet journal, you're using mostly bulleted lists. So just kind of mental anchors. And then once a week, we take those mental anchors and process them through a longer form journal entry. And then we create a task page. It's like, what do you want to get done this week? So daily ritual, what do I want to get done today? Weekly ritual, what do I want to get done this week? Monthly ritual, what do I want to get done this month? Makes sense. And one thing I tend to notice in most bullet journalists is that, well, I don't know, maybe this isn't true, but I've noticed that most people combine work and personal because the bullet journal kind of spans their entire life rather than living in one realm or the other. Yeah. So 
I feel like it's kind of an artificial barrier, especially these days. And trying to kind of create this bright line between personal and professional life just never worked for me. And separating those into two separate notebooks also didn't work for me. Because when I'm at work, I think about home stuff. When I'm home, I think about work stuff. And then I forget. Again, a big trouble with journaling is trying to keep it as simple and essential as possible. So the simplest thing is just have one notebook and write everything down. And then you're just delineating with the actual iconography that you're using, right? So here's a task. doesn't matter if it's work or if it's personal, like this needs to be done. So that kind of thing. That being said, there are some people and there are some jobs where people really do need to have two notebooks. And of course, that's okay as well. So there's like some government jobs and some other jobs that have, I guess, where people are exposed to sensitive information where the company can actually own anything you bring into the office or so I understand. So for those people, maybe you want to keep your private stuff at home. No, that makes sense. Yeah, I can't put any physician information into my paper stuff, but I don't really need to because all of that is sort of by default electronic anyway. But I can imagine that, yeah, that wouldn't be allowed even if I did want to. So that makes sense. Well, how about, I'm curious, like you've done this for a very long time, more than a decade, I believe, probably much more than a decade from their origin story. How have things changed? I mean, you talked a little bit about how it's gone from productivity to something deeper than that. But mm-hmm. from a practical standpoint, how have things changed or have they not changed all that much since you started? I would say that the tools have not changed that much, but they've definitely started to emphasize introspection significantly more. So it's a lot more value and purpose driven than it was process driven. I feel like I got to a point where the process is very powerful, but a process that has no purpose ends up creating a lot of meaningless work. So for me, it's always about figuring out what do I really want to invest my time and energy into regularly over and over again. Because I've reached... I created this tool that made me super effective and super productive. And I found myself over and over again accomplishing these goals that felt absolutely empty. It's like, okay, this is what I was told would make me happy. This is what I was told would make me feel successful. And over and over again, that just didn't add up, just didn't align. And so I started asking myself, well, what do I, how do I define success? What, what does happiness look like? What is actually meaningful to me based on my lived experience? And there's only one place you really get those answers from, which is your notebook, <laughs> your journal entries. Today, I felt great because I spent time with people or I felt really accomplished. Studying your lived experience can just be a revolution, right? Because a lot of people are looking for things that they've not experienced to help them plug some void or give meaning to their life. But we have meaning in our life every day when we just pay attention to it. This feels aligned. This does not feel aligned. I want to spend more time with this person. I want to spend less time with this person. All these lessons that if we're not paying attention, go right on by. And I think a big part about bullet journaling is the reflective nature of it. We're like, oh, wow, actually spending time with this person really brings me up. And spending time with those people really brings me down. Maybe I should you know, start to prioritize one group of people over another or one kind of work over another and learn from my experience, learn from what is real and not from some fantasy that may or may not align with reality. No, that makes sense. I want you to clear up something that I feel like is a little bit of a myth in the bullet journaling community, which is that you have to be an amazing artist to have 
successfully have a bullet journal. And I think this maybe came from Instagram exploding with these absolutely beautiful, beautiful works of art that also incorporate many elements of bullet journaling. But then I've also seen, you know, your stuff, which is much, much more kind of bare bones and practical. So what do you feel like the role of art and design is or isn't in the bullet journal lifestyle? Yeah, this is a great question. And I, I feel like it's the greatest misconception about bullet journal. It can be beautiful. It can be artistic, but it really doesn't need to be. The way that you express yourself in your bullet journal is a really important part of the practice, right? Figuring out what inspires you, what really connects you with this work is really important. And for me, you know, I, I feel most connected through the most minimal amount of time I can spend in this, right? It's like I just need to get my thoughts out. Like, this is what I have to do. This is what is meaningful. And then move on. And for some people, that requires more time, right? It's, and the art is an extension of that. It's, it's for some bullet journalists, creating these beautiful illuminated manuscripts in their notebooks is a way for them to connect with their creativity, to slow down, to really connect with themselves. And I think that's wonderful. And that's something I didn't understand when I first started seeing this. You say that my practice is bare bones, and that's really a compliment. I mean, it's really chicken scratch. If you look at my website, half of people can't read my handwriting. And then I start seeing these incredibly beautiful artistic bullet journaling. I don't know, this is kind of not getting the point because you know, you're spending like five hours creating a spread and zero minutes actually doing any of the work. And then as I started talking to people in the community, like I realized that that was a misconception on my behalf. Again, it was just judging the book by its cover. And I do think that there are a lot of people who start think that Bullet Journal needs to be beautiful to be effective. And I encourage them to check out bulletjournal.com where you can see how minimal it is, right? It's really, you don't even need to draw a straight line in order for it to be effective. But I also talk to a lot of bullet journalists who use the art as a meditation to really connect with the work and that motivates them to, you know, say, oh, here's this beautiful vision of the month ahead. And that's exactly what I'm trying to create where people, feel really excited about the life that they're designing for themselves and to take the time to slow down to learn from their experience and artistic expression is a tool to do that. But it's absolutely not required. I love that. That was just a wonderful response because it's accepting of absolutely both sides and not undervaluing it either. So and I I personally totally see both sides of things as I kind of care about how my planning looks. It's largely functional, but I definitely get pleasure in making certain things look a certain way. And there is like a meditative tactile practice to being a little bit more artistic sometimes. So I love that. There's one other part of this, which I, I think is also kind of interesting. A lot of people see this artistic expression as a form of procrastination. And I think it can be, right? You spend all this time setting something up. But I've seen that just it'd be just as true for minimalist bullet journals. Like even myself, it's like, wow, I am very, very, very prepared all of a sudden. And it's like, yeah, I could have probably gotten this done in the time that I even set up this minimal, not necessarily beautiful thing. So I feel like as long as the planning is a means to an end and not the ends itself, then yeah, do what lights you up. Love it. So if somebody listens to this episode and they maybe hadn't tried bullet journaling before, what advice would you give someone totally brand new to the practice on how to start? Two things. One is go to bulletjournal.com before you go to Instagram or Pinterest because that can be really off-putting. 
to some people or it can be really um, you know, intimidating to others. It's like, I can't do that or I don't have the time for that. If you have five minutes, you can bullet journal. So that's the first one. So start, if you look at the original bullet journal tutorial, which is free on the website, it takes four minutes. So that's number one. But the second one, and this often, this is often where things go awry, is I think it's really important to set an intention for your practice. Because without an intention, you'll kind of be looking around for one. And obviously, it's not going to work. It's not going to connect or be as effective. So what are you trying to accomplish with this? When people find the bullet journal method or any productivity system, chances are there is a real need somewhere in your life. You want to be more productive. You want to be more mindful. Maybe you're going through some kind of medical condition and want to be more organized about how you want to approach this. And having an intention will immediately help you find the right tools to help you support that. And also picture your own needs within the context of the tools that you're presented. Like when I say a daily, weekly, monthly ritual, some people are like, I don't know what that means. I don't know why I need it. It's like, okay, but how about, okay, you're going to figure out how to be more organized for your for this project or to build this company on a daily, weekly, and monthly basis. Like all of a sudden, the tools are like, they have a context that resonates. And that's, I think, what is really important. You can change your intention, absolutely. But as a starting off point, what do you want to accomplish using your Bujo practice? And it can be simple. So if I just want to get a little bit more done, that's fine. That's a great starting off point. Or I want to you know, take care of a sick parent. That's fine as well. It can be whatever you need it to be. And that's why it's important to kind of connect with what you need before you get started. Definitely seems like it would be worth thinking about because it may shape how you structure it and how it grows with, with time and that could kind of spiral. So that that definitely makes sense. Well, one last kind of fun question, and you may have some obvious answers to this because you have your own book and places to go and some products, but what are some of your favorite physical products to support the bullet journal method? Yeah. In general, I think the ones that light you up. I think that's that's the easiest answer. You can use any notebook to bullet journal. You can use any pen to bullet journal. Personally, I like Leuchtturm's notebooks. I've been using them before. I actually was introduced to them through my bullet journaling work. And I love them so much that I partnered with them to create my own product. And yeah, I sell that notebook because it's the one I use. <laughs> that's the only notebook that we have. And then the same thing is true for a pen. I like a pen that writes really well, but is also just... It's a tool. Like if I lose it, that's okay. You know what I mean? Like I need things that kind of get out of my way. So I feel like the best tools are the invisible ones that just like let me think. And so I try to design all our tools around that. And that usually happens to be really beautifully designed products. And uh, yeah, so we have a notebook and a pen and I use what I sell. (laughs) And what is the pen specifically? I'm sorry, my listeners will need to know. So... Our pen is a special edition version of Leuchtturm's Dreckliffel pen, which they've had out for a while. It's a ballpoint or a gel pen, depending. It's about palm size, so it's great for your pocket. Fits well into the notebook. It's made out of metal. Some materials are, it has some heft, but it's not too heavy. It's a real pleasure to write with. And I'm totally going to order one as soon as we're done. So <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. Well, tell our listeners, I know they can find you in many, many places, but where's the best place to start? Bulletjournal.com. Perfect. 
bulletjournal.com. You heard it here first. And his book is excellent, by the way. I can personally vouch for it. Very clearly written, very well done. I believe I actually own it as a two-book set with a bullet journal that I have not actually used that bullet journal because I tend to use other tools as we talked about. But I love it. It would make such a wonderful gift as well. So thank you, Ryder. This has been so interesting and so much fun to chat with you. And I think you're going to be our first guest of 2023. So what a wonderful way to kick off this year of podcasting. Thanks so much for having me on. Well, that was fascinating. I hope you all enjoyed that discussion with Ryder. I find him so thoughtful and generous, and it was just a pleasure to talk to him about what he truly loves to do and how he has really grown in his journey with bullet journaling over time. So I hope that was helpful to some, and I'd love to hear from you all whether you you know, use or practice elements or all of the bullet journal method, what it means to you, whether any of this kind of resonates with you, definitely let me know. I am open to feedback. And as I mentioned previously, open to any tips or ideas about future guests. And I think that's it for this week. I will be back next week with a probably a Q&A slash planner piece episode as I have many lovely things from you all to share. Maybe a little mini review stuck in there because I did order something fun. I'll just leave that as a teaser. And I will be back next week with more planning fun. In the meantime, you can always find more on theshoebox.com, T-H-E-S-H-U-B-O-X.com. You can find access to all the show notes, some of my favorite planning posts and products, et cetera, can all be found there. I even updated my about page. So, hey, you might want to check out some of those newly updated resources. In addition, I am going to be recruiting for the Best Lates Plans Academy Round 2, which will run in the spring, starting in April, but the signups will open up in February. I did sell out for round one pretty quickly, so and I am going to continue to keep the numbers limited as I want to give each member focused, personalized attention. And so for round two, if you are interested in signing up in February, please go to the waitlist page because I will be offering the signups to the waitlist first, and it is possible that they might be gone before I kind of offer to the general public. So again, if you're interested, please sign up for the waitlist. That's at theshoebox.com slash BLPA, or just look for the Best Laid Plans Academy tab at the top of the page and you'll find it right there. All right, that is it. I'll be back on Monday with more planning fun. And in the meantime, have a wonderful, peaceful, well-planned week. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.